0: portal is officially churning lots of content, lots of players in still coming in and lots of players getting out aka committing to their previous school to their new school, excuse me, we are off to a roaring start to the college basketball offseason we've got tons to get to a lot of action since we last spoke um, one week ago. Brad, how are we doing? Are you are, are you uh, are you crystal ball hunting as as often as you usually are? How, what's the uh, what's the setup look like these days?
1: Lots of Twitter
0: refreshes. Yeah, lots, lots. I mean, I'm I'm
2: a junkie for for content this time. Like any any podcast with any, it could be two of the you know could be anyone who promises transfer portal talk, any Twitter spaces, I'm 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 checking it out. Uh, I'm just, I'm just fiending for content.
0: Yeah, it's it, the, the portal is humming. Like we have a lot going on, um, a lot of commitments even in the last two days. So hopefully this podcast is not that out of date by the time you get it. Um, but a lot of big names entering are in the portal, and and even names like we talked about last week, is like guys who could be um, centerpieces of really good teams in 2020. 324, those guys have now already hit the portal. A guy like Ryan, Ryan Nembhard, a good example of that, who is leaving Creighton and seems to be headed towards Arizona, but we'll see how, where, where that one lands. But Brad, I think a good place to start for this episode, because you got a I, lot. Actually, sorry, hear. if I could interject. Sure.
2: This is something that I, I, I really should have mentioned last time. It completely, spl- completely slipped my mind. But the, the phrase good get has been forever
1: tainted. It It, it, it is lost what little meaning it had left. Tom Penders,
2: former URI coach, this was epic. He, tweet, he quote tweeted um, a tweet from a, a URI account that the URI women's basketball team added a transfer. And he said, this is going to be great for Archie. This is a good get that That destroys the illusion that people have actually seen
0: these players before calling it a good get in 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 fairness to mr Penders d d Davis, the player in question her her haircut is such that she does look strikingly like she could be like a small guard for a men's basketball team.
2: It is very but. short. Very short hair, but the tweet did say women's basketball. Yes, it did say Archie Miller is going to Great get yeah
0: for Archie. Yeah,
2: great yet. um That destroys the you know any semblance of trust in, in the transfer portal yeah. between the the people with status and and us
0: lowly fans. That that tweet officially belongs in the pantheon of uh, of great college basketball internet content. Um, but I think. Overall, we should probably start with two teams who have not made portal additions yet, but are big brands that are solidifying themselves near, if not at the top of the preseason, way too early rankings That is Duke and Michigan state, both of whom have gotten big news in the last couple of days about player um, returns, Duke getting Kyle Filipowski uh, to return for his second season with blue devils after already getting Tyrese Proctor back. Um, The the fallout there is McKenzie Mbako, the highly rated um, combo forward from New Jersey, is reopening his recruitment. But Filipowski has a chance to be one of the best players, if not the best player in college basketball next season. An All-American type guy, a guy who could be a top 10 pick. You know, a huge, huge addition for Duke. And then Michigan State getting both Tyson Walker and and Malik Hall, excuse me, back for their uh, COVID years. That gives Michigan State a very, very strong returning nucleus to go with a very strong recruiting class. And there is going to be a ton of hype with Michigan State about them as potentially a top five team in the sport. I'll, I have them at 10 right now. I think they could easily go higher. I'm not sure I quite buy like they're going to be the best team in the country, but Michigan State will have substantial expectations. And so, um, first off, I, I think it's just like, I think it's good for the sport. That we have two, like two big brands, right? Like all, the whole narrative, like three weeks ago, is man, in the NIL, it's 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 evening the playing field. All these, you know, the big brands might be cooked. Well, well, here we are with Michigan State and Duke being the the early off-season winners. But <clears throat> Brad, I'm just curious if you have thoughts on either or both teams, um, and their, you know, early statuses among the nation's elite in 23-24.
2: So we'll start with Duke, which seems like Duke's biggest, uh, the biggest beneficiary or the biggest cause for Duke's uh, recent good fortune is his perceived weak 2024 NBA draft. With Proctor, you can see it, right? He was super young this year. He reclassified, but he's got the prototypical size you look at what Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is doing. You know all these kind of big versatile guards who can play in the pick and roll, who can dribble, pass, and shoot. Uh, but his potential in production didn't match this year. Comes back for year two with those attributes in a weaker class. Lotteries on the horizon for Tyrese Proctor. Kyle Filipowski, probably a late first-round pick this year. Uh, I know his shooting numbers weren't good, but he is enormous. He he, he has. Potential as a as a shooter as a fl- floor spacer, you know, could be a stretch five in the NBA. Someone would probably have taken a, a a chance on him toward the end of the first round. He's coming back now with with obvious hopes of in, in improving his draft stock. But I I, I think normally a a skill based player like that who has a great productive freshman season you wouldn't tell to come back. But I think given the perceived weakness of that draft, I think gave Duke two two NBA first round, two future NBA first round picks back on their team for next year.
0: Yeah, I saw Gavoni, I think, say, like, he could be a top five pick next year, which, like, if if Kyle Filipowski is a top five pick next year, either Duke is going to win the national title or uh, the 2023 class is, like, even worse than I perceive it to be. Because, like, I, I I really don't know like who he guards in the NBA. Like, I have some questions about about. I, I think he'll have a chance to be a pr- productive player in in the NBA, but like I, I'd be pretty surprised if he winds up being like a the type of guy you're drafting to be one of the cornerstones of your franchise. And I think that's obviously what you're looking for in the top five. But I mean, you're 100% correct that the weak draft class combined with the NIL. Uh, is enough to to make things a little bit more complicated decision wise and and working out really well in the favor of duke um you know they have some questions whether G, uh jeremy Roach will be back if he's not they might you know, moving proctor to like a full point guard role will be an interesting thing to watch but man there's a lot to like here with Proctor and Philip Hoski and Mark Mitchell, who has a chance I think to break out um with, you know, the the young players. I know obviously, you know, Mbako now off the board, but you know, the likes of of a Sean Stewart, a TJ Power, and we had talked about this, right? Like if, if they were gonna get guys back, someone was gonna get voted off the island. I, I just what I just didn't expect it would be Mbako. I guess it makes sense from his standpoint, right? Like TJ Power is probably okay with playing ten minutes a game. Kenzie Mbako's trying to be a one and done. Like it, it would be a it would be an issue for him if he doesn't get a featured role. Um, but, you know, it was inevitable they were going to lose someone in this process. And, you know, they could use a defensive-minded big. Maybe and like a
2: Mr. Former Virginia big.
0: Caden Shedrick. Yeah, that would work. Um, I saw people hinting at that.
2: Um, I did as well. And, and that, that also pushes, you know, another capable player to the deep bench. But, you know, this uh, whole season, I, I was thinking the prize of the transfer portal is going to be Mark Mitchell. Um, but really, Mick, Mitchell being able to play that three spot this year, and and presumably will play it again next year, um, that that keeps him in the mix. And, and Baco's on the board. I saw T.J. Walker, the, who, who covers Kentucky, say that it sounds like Louisville's going to get him, um, which I you got to question anybody who's signing up to play for Kenny Payne at this point. Um, but that's going to be a funky – young, talented roster, in, in which is really like a, a last stand already for Kenny Payne. Because um, that team's going to be loaded with high, highly touted recruits. They're all going to be super young, and the oldest guy is going to be like J.J. Trainer, um, or like Brandon Humley-Hatfield as like juniors. Or or, or maybe Traynor's Tr- Tr- a little older than that. But they're going to have no excuses. They're going to have so much talent here. Uh, presumably, no they're not on to the portal either.
0: No guards other than Sky Clark. Kenny doesn't want to do guards. He's not big on the whole thing. He's, he's, he, he, he's heard about this fad called having guards. He's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I'll pass. I well,
2: wonder why their offense couldn't generate anything last
0: year. Could it be the lack of guys who could dribble? <laughs> Hard to say. They the, have one of those guys. You, you don't want to jump to do don't, don't jump to excuses. Don't, don't, don't jump don't jump to conclusions here. I mean, I, I mean, one of those guys who was on arguably
2: you know the worst power team of all time, probably the worst ACC team of all time, uh, was able to parlay his experiences uh, under the leadership of Kenny Payne um, to go to UNC. That was Jalen Withers, who as who as of now is like the like a key piece, like their third third or fourth best player here. Yeah. So
0: the the North Carolina thing is interesting um, because if you take these moves, which is Paxton Wojcik and Withers, Jalen Withers, excuse me. I know it's a JJ trainer. Like, That's not right. Paxton Wojcik and, and Jalen Withers as like, okay, we've got RJ Davis and Armada Baycott. We need to get guys who can play around him. Like if we take those moves in a vacuum, you're going to be very underwhelmed. But if you take them as like, okay, these are like the seventh and eighth men, that's pretty good, you know. Like I think you'd have to feel pretty good about that if you were, um, you know, if, if you were a North Carolina fan. So I do want to give a little bit of patience because I do think there's some bigger names floating for them. Harrison Ingram being the primary one. Um, but they could use a little bit more shooting and shot creation. Um, I think the hope is that at least Withers and Wojcik can make shots. But, like, I Jim Root tweeted this, and I think it's, it's clever. And I think there's is, – is it entirely fair to the kid? No, but, like, I, I do think it illustrates something, like, Jalen Weathers averaged nine and five at Louisville and is transferring to North Carolina. If if Hubert Davis took a kid who averaged nine and five at Tennessee tech, which is the level of team that Louisville was this past year, they would get criticized to death, right? Like, and I, I think obviously there is something to be said for the fact that, uh like, like there's something to be said for the fact that Jalen Weathers is an elite recruit. You know, he was productive on that 21 team that was on the bubble. But, like, we kind of know what Jalen Withers is. And what Jalen Withers is is not very good. So.
2: Right. And even though his stats kind of show, like, a nice role player, that's not really his game, right? He, he's not, like, just, like, a reliable catch-and-shoot stretch four, which it seems like this that's – that's what they want him to be.
1: Now you mentioned Harrison Ingram.
2: I saw he 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 got some crystal ball action on on on, on three. So you slide Ingram in there, then still need one or two more starters. Maybe Ian Jackson still reclassifies. Who knows there? Um, but I think let's say hypothetically that they add. Here's Ingram. We won't go as far as to add Ian Jackson, right? But your three best players then as Davis, Ingram, and Baycott, with some younger guards and some shooting surrounding them.
1: Can can you even put that team in the top twenty-five though? Hmm. Like, are you burnt? Like, are are you
2: a, a, absolving last, really the last two years of UNC
1: in the regular season because of Caleb Love? So
0: I simultaneously fully understand your point and probably agree with you to large extent while also saying like, when you really look at the other teams that are getting ranked, a team that has RJ Davis, elite point guard, Armada Baycott, elite big, and like not a complete tire fire around them. Like that, that has to be ranked, right? Like, I'm not gonna rank them top ten, but like, I don't necessarily feel bad if I toss them in at like 19. You know what I mean? I get that. Yeah, and,
1: and, and I haven't done a full ranking yet, but there, there are a few
2: teams that stand out as like, I, I, I was not expecting this team to be good, but this roster looks pretty good right now. Like USC is one, Ohio State, um, so. There's there there seems to be no shortage of
0: options at this point.
1: For like the back of the top twenty five.
0: Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. Um but I also think that like I would have a hard time not ranking a team that has RJ Davis and Armando Baker. I understand the history, I get it. I get that it's not fair to just blame Caleb Love for everything, but also like have a hard time
2: not. You know what I mean? I mean, last preseason, I ranked both R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott as two of the top 10 players in the sport. Now, that was obviously very wrong, but it does illustrate the, the level of potential, level of pedigree those guys have. Yes, 100%. So, um, so we kind of skipped over Michigan State there. Um, yeah. my My fault. But, yeah, I mean, this looks like another top 10 team. You have the the returning veterans mixed with a really strong recruiting class not immediately sure how much the the recruiting class will play in year 1 um
1: Booker is obviously the headline but he's he's he, he's more prospect than player um and you know i mean the Hogard Walker Aiken's backcourt will will, will be up there for one of the best in
2: the country um it, it is crazy it feels like whenever I see people talking about Michigan State, they're mentioning that Tom Izzo does not use the transfer portal and look at this roster and he did. But I don't want to break the news as to where Tyson Walker started his career or Joey Hauser. Um, but this is a top 10 team at this point. Yeah. And, and with 12 guys, I'm not even sure that they even added transfer at this point.
0: Yeah, like... So, so my my thing with Michigan State is this, right? Like, them running it back alone probably would put them in like the top fifteen-ish, right? Like, the fact that you have these recruits coming in is great, but like, I'm not totally sure where anyone is going to play. Like Booker, I have like, I I I buy the long term with Booker. I also watched Booker get like destroyed by Miles Rubin, who's going to Loyola Chicago like three months ago. Um, so I'm just not convinced that he's going to come in and like really fix their center position, which was an issue this year. I love fears, right? Maybe fears is an upgrade over Hogard. I'm not convinced of that though. Maybe Akins breaks out, but like, I think what makes Akins really good is the potential to have the ball in his hands. And I'm just not sure where the ball is going to wind up and how, how, how often the ball is going to ever wind up in Jaden Akins' hands when you have. Jeremy Fears, A.J. Hogard, and Tyson Walker. Now, would it surprise me if someone winds up hitting the road? No. And maybe that clears the way for a little bit. But, like, I I, I, I think the championship-level stuff with, with Michigan State probably needs to get toned down a little. But I also understand why people are ranking them there, given the other options.
2: Yeah, I mean – I don't see any reason why Michigan State has a, you know, is is not able to win a championship, but like Marquette or Miami or some of these other teams I see at the top are,
0: Florida Atlantic, you know. Yes. It doesn't feel very championship, but at the same time, no one does really.
1: Well, we have we have Duke at the
2: top, um, and then UConn got the great news that Donovan Clingan's coming back, another guy who. Top 40 pick, top 30 pick this year. Um, But how the NBA is very kind of reactionary, and Walker Kessler uh, has had such a great NBA season, figure more minutes for Klingon will unlock a higher level of draft stock. Maybe he could be a lottery pick as well next year. Um, But for this UConn team, I saw Naheem Malin is going to come back after all. I saw Samson Johnson's gonna come back. Um so they're just waiting on Newton and Jackson, at least that's from from what I saw. Um so if if they bring back one of Newton and Jackson, I think that they're in really good shape to be an
0: elite team again. I mean I I don't think you can put Jackson and Newton on the same plane. Um But they I mean if
2: if if Jackson stays and Newton leaves, then you say, Okay, they're a little weak at the point guard spot. Now it sounds like that they well, like,
0: they were a little weak at the point guard spot this year with Newton. And they'll be weaker without Newton. Well, yeah, but they could recruit someone. Jackson is far less replaceable than Newton, I guess would be my point.
2: But I think if, if the lineup is like Newton, Castle, Aline, Caravan, and Kling, I still think that, that 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 is an elite team. And, and then I I mean I just forgot about Timberlake two seconds after mentioning him. He he could start there as well. So.
0: Um, yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm concerned about UConn. I'm just, I I do think that if they lose Andre Jackson, it's like, it's going to make a very, very like, and I, this is from someone who's somewhat of a skeptic about him as an NBA player, but like the impact that he makes on the game, I I don't see as easily replaceable. And I do think it would hurt them a ton. I think it would change a lot both. Um, what made, uh, because I, I think defensively Jackson made them very difficult to score on. And I think offensively, the way that you could run Hawkins off of screens and move him constantly allowed them to do, run all the off-ball sh- stuff and run as many sets as they run. I think the combination of losing both of those guys, I think, would have a real impact on how easy UConn is to, to play against. And that's not to say that they wouldn't be good. And Klingen, again, we, we think can be All-American. All but I do have my, I have my concerns if they can't get Andre back.
1: I'm not concerned at all. Maybe
0: I, I mean not not as
2: a number one team, but I still think that that they'd be like a top ten type of team.
0: I, I think they could be a top ten type. Of, I'm saying I just, I just don't think it's a guarantee.
2: They would be, they'd be way more talented than Purdue, at least
1: this year's version of Purdue, with a kind of a similar uh, similar vibe.
0: Probably true. But Matt Painter's, I think, better than to Hurley at, at like, navigating those types of things. Like, we know Purdue's floor is very high because of the way Painter is. I guess it would be my, my point.
1: Well, I mean, Painter's got to stop losing to 15 <laughs> seats. No doubt. But in the regular season, I'll take Pain every day.
0: Um. Yeah, that was you know, that, 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 that was a big one for UConn, though, to get Klingon back. We still have, like you said, some some other decisions that we're waiting on, but uh, certainly a, a step in the right direction. One of the big winners of the portal this week was Houston. They got not one but two really, really excellent guards, two of the best players in the portal. And Damian Dunn from Temple who's like, a high usage ball, a little ball – was a little ball dominant at Temple – um, but average fifteen, three and three, six foot five, can make shots. Uh, he has a little Tristan Newton in him. Yeah, I think he's probably better than Tristan Newton. But they come from the same league. Yep, that's fair. Um, had some huge games. Had thirty eight against Vanderbilt early in the season. Game winner um, against Villanova. Yeah, game winner against Villanova. He was. Not great, actually, against Houston. I always watch that whenever a guy transfers in conference. Like, how was he in those matchups? He had just 16 on 16 shots against Houston. Or not just 16 on 12 shots, excuse me, against Houston in the win. And then on um, just nine points on nine shots in the loss. But he's, a uh, you know, one of the bigger names in the portal was a guy that some people thought would maybe go to North Carolina. He's a Carolina kid um so get him that was big and then to get LJ Cryer as well one of the best shooters in the country uh, average 15 a game at Baylor obviously a guy who can you know ha- has some limitations defensively is a little small and not necessarily a true point guard but man could he light it up and so to have Cryer to have Dunn that really helps assuage any fears that Houston would drop off with losing Marcus Sasser, Marcus Sasser, excuse me, and Jamal, or not Jamal Shed, Trimon Mark, Jamal Shedd back with Crier and Dunn for 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 the 23-24 season. They could use maybe a little help at the four, but there's a lot of talent here, and uh, we know the style of play works. Obviously, this Big 12, uh, Big 12 move will make things a little more challenging. This isn't going to be like a guaranteed 30 wins like they've had in the American, but I I am a fan. Of, of this early Houston roster. They need Oscar Sheway to come on down. To, uh, transfer. You texted me this, and this is, this is a good take. He, Oscar needs
2: to go to either Mississippi State or Houston and just pound the offensive glass. I mean, he's like one one of the greatest rebounders ever. Put him in one of these missed shots and go-get-it systems. I guess maybe TCU, too. They, they have really crashed the glass. Although um, they just got a big earlier. Um but yeah, this a uh, Houston team without the hypothetical Oscar Ad, which is completely imaginary on my end, much like the St.
1: John's roster. Um I mean three great guards who can all dual pass and shoot. Their their
2: bench has, has Sharp who can really shoot, who played a lot this year, and then Arsenal, who people love, he was such a great recruit. And then with with this current front court, you know, with Francis and Roberts, those guys are just going to, you know, those are the Kelvin Sampson bigs that are just going to go out and offensive rebound. It seems like Tugler, who's like a top 75 recruit. He's like that as well. He very much is. Yeah. I watched him last summer. And then Jacob McFarlane, he's not a name for next year, maybe two or three years down the road, but he is going to be a monster. He is enormous. He is incredibly fluid. He's just going to be catching lobs, blocking shots in a couple of years. He's going to be a major, major piece. Um, so, the, you know, Houston's still in great shape. Like you said, they're not going to go 30 and and five or whatever next year, uh, but they'll probably still be a top top 25 team, make the tournament, make a nice run. And uh, Kelvin Sampson, it, it's 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 crazy to think where Houston was just a few years ago. I remember those the, the year they well. Obviously, they were in Conference USA, but there was a year um, that they, like, won their Conference tournament and were, were like, a 13 seed, and now they're one seed, two seed,
0: like, every year. Yeah, I mean, the consistency is, like, off the charts. Um, If you look back, I mean, 18th in Ken Palm in 2018, 12th in Ken Palm in 2019, 14th in Ken Palm in 2020. Fifth in 2021, second in 2022, second in 2023. Like, Kelvin Sampson's first year, they were 214. They hadn't been top 100 in the history of Ken Palm, or not top 100, top 50, except, yeah, they hadn't been top 50 at all in the history of Ken Palm before Kelvin Sampson got it going in 2018 um, when he started that run. And now they've been top 20. Six years in a row, top five, three years in a row. And now they're recruiting at this really high level. Like their staff is really good and their staff does not have a lot of turnover. Um, partially because one is the child of a, um, of, of the head coach, partially because, um, Quantus White played for Kelvin, but, um, they have a great, great group. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know that they will be a title team with this group because I don't think they were a title team this past year, but they they're rolling right now, like in recruiting and everything like things are, things are going, things are going about as well as anyone could have hoped. And I know there was like a, I think a lot of narrative that it was this year, a bust for Houston because the final four was in Houston. But like, I'm not saying they will be better, but I think they have a chance to be in that mix. Where to next? Um, um, I figured we could talk about Caleb Love.
2: On a very interesting Michigan team. Who, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine Juwan expected to be losing Hunter Dickinson like that. But Terrence Reed's pretty good. Uh, but Caleb Love's the best player. That's a scary thought. It seems definitely worse than it was last year. Trey Jackson's pretty good actually. Um You're the only person in the country who actually believes that. No, he he's good. He's just he's six foot ten and he's super athletic, but he just shoots threes. But for whatever reason, Shaheen was like, You're only playing the five. And that and that didn't go very well. Uh, but to play him at the four next to Reed, he'll be super athletic. He'll hit a bunch of threes, maybe he'll get out in a in transition once or twice. That's not a bad pickup, but you feel like Michigan probably wants more from their starting four than like eight points and four rebounds a game. Um they have like four other fours as well. But yeah the the, the, the whole the one takeaway for Michigan right now is that Caleb loves their best player and that's not that's not inspiring any confidence.
0: They seem to be involved with Olivier Kamua, which would help. Okay, so. but so so the thing with Caleb is this right like in some way like I know there's been a lot like, oh, yeah, like you got to rein him in. You know, Michigan's not going to rein him in. I, I almost think it's the opposite. Like I, I almost think there's a world where, you know, you're not going to be ra- able to rein him in. So instead of being like, oh, yeah, like we're going to take him and we're going to change him, we're going to make him someone he's not. Michigan's like, all right, like it's your team, man. Go do your thing. Shoot 20 shots see what happens right and I, I think my bigger concern is like i don't know how the spacing's going to be with him i don't know how well the talent, how good the talent is but like i like Doug McDaniel i like Terrace Reed um we'll see if Demari Bennett's eligible um i i think like michigan could win like 24 games or 14 games and like neither would really surprise me that much
2: yeah i guess if you're if you're buying a a nice softball i mean Reed and, and McDaniel, I think we're both top 75 recruits, so they're right
0: in that wheelhouse. I mean, I mean, look, D- Doug was a like 10 point a game in Big Ten play guy on a team that was over 500 in the league. Like that team had its flaws, but they were still over 500 in the league. He was thrust into action out of nowhere after the Jalen Llewellyn injury. Like, I, I like Doug McDaniel. Like, I'm not sure what the ceiling is, but, like, I think we already know the floor is not that low. So I worry about Caleb, but, like, we know that Caleb can win you games. And I, I do think it's noteworthy. Like, I know there's a lot of talk about the Big Ten. Oh, how is it win in March? Why is the recipe not going to work? Like, the Big Ten has gotten two of the most, like, polarizing talents in the portal in Caleb Love and Khalil Ware two guys who like in theory are like NBA type players, right? Caleb Love is like an NBA level scorer. Khalil Ware is like a, you know, modern gifted big man. Both of them have like some serious flaws, right? For Caleb, it's the, you know, shot selection. It's the defense. It's the shooting for Khalil Ware. It's the effort, the motor, um, the coachability, the lack of production comparative to his elite physical tools, but, I do wonder like the whole narrative like oh yeah the Big Ten isn't that talented, it's everybody just playing muck it up, you know, ugly rock fight, whatever. I wonder how much that changes with some of these additions on teams that may not even work for what it's worth. Like I I don't think it's a lock that either Indiana or Michigan's an NCAA tournament team. But I
2: think, I think Indiana's probably one piece away at least of
0: of their final product. Are you are you counting on a Xavier Johnson return? Yes. The Indiana fans seem very confident. I don't know why they seem very so confident. So he played
2: 11, right? But Indiana, I think in total, played 35 games. So it's still less than a third. Phil Phil He needs a waiver. Right, but Phil... I, I mean, Phil Kofor got one in the similar scenario. That was one where, you know, Florida State, I guess, fans or the media were ever saying, okay, Phil Kofor's me back, and I'm looking at this. He doesn't get an extra year. He played 11 games. But he he did get to go back with an extra extra medical year um so that that's why i'm a little more confident on xavier johnson plus the fact that he's staying there um i, I guess that's not always a sure thing we saw was it russell harrison with oklahoma state yeah last year who stuck that was, around the that day. was
0: a clock that was a big that was a different thing but yes yeah
2: that was because he 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 took a year year off of school or something um right. but Indiana in total, um, if they get a good wing in there, who can knock down three-pointers. Xavier Johnson at the point,
1: two super-athletic bigs, that, that, that's still going to be uh, more of a muck-it-up team. But, I mean,
2: Ware has, has has the potential to be one of the best centers in the country. Renault has insane upside with his athleticism.
0: Yeah. But I'm also yeah, like he's not. not he's, I'm not. I'm also not convinced that like Khalil Ware or Malik Renu will be like above replacement level players next year. I,
1: like think,
0: I think it's actively. I think it's possible both are active detriments to winning next year.
2: If if Indiana gets like a wing who can score like ten points a game, I I think that they're probably a tournament team, but they're not a top twenty five team. They need
0: shooting too.
2: Yeah, I mean I have Indiana and Utah State right next to, right next to each other on my depth charts. Sean Sean Berstow could be a nice uh, plug in there. I'm I'm I sure that they're
0: going to New Mexico, but we'll see. We're saying I think Sean Berstow is going to go to New Mexico. Follow in his brother's footsteps. Yes, a lot of family ties to these New Mexico recruits. We got the Jamal Mashburn already. We've got Jalen House's dad's an NBA guy. We've got uh, Nelly, Joseph. Nelly Joseph getting shipped down. We've got Berstow's brother. Like the whole thing is just a it's a strange tie.
1: Given N- Nelly Junior Joseph's Twitter post, seems like he was sold
2: on New Mexico because it's the location of Breaking Bad. That was electric. <laughs> I love it. Any any TV reference is welcome here.
0: No um, doubt. Yeah. Um, next team I wanted to mention, Brad. Unless you had something you wanted to say.
2: Just I mean, we we had mentioned that Indiana struck early in the portal with Peyton Sparks. Correct. Uh, I mean, he'll he'll play a lot. I mean, Kalel Ware just played like 10 minutes a game in Oregon. I don't think he's gonna play 35 here for for Mike Woodson. But but people were very skeptical of that take. They said, okay, he, he's a good back to the basket scorer, at the Mac. Not not gonna happen in the Big Ten. But now he's just a backup center.
0: But. If he's long willing to come cheap,
2: yeah, great. salary cap.
0: Yeah. Uh. Florida made two big splashes here, uh, in the last couple of days, one, which is kind of a gangster move to steal Walter Clayton away from Rick Pitino, uh, and St. John's. I I think obviously Walter's a really, really good player. Um, Walter's also a local kid, like wanted to be in Gainesville, whatever. But like, I do think optically for them after a bad first season, um, with the questions about, okay, how do you recruit against Mus and Cal and Barnes and you know Oates and Pearl to win a battle like this for Walter Clayton and to keep Riley Kugel? That's a really positive sign. And they also added uh, Micah Handlockton from Marshall, who's you know only averaged like eight and ten as a freshman, but he's seven foot one. His rebounding stats, like, per minute are off the charts. His block numbers are off the charts. His on-off numbers are off the charts. Like, analytically, he's a – like, he, he, he is much more of, like, a money ball get. And Walter Clayton's, like, a well-known. Everybody knows he's really, really good get. Um, they need one more ball-handling guard to feel probably pretty good. And then they've got another couple spots they can play with with best player. Um, they're involved pretty heavily with Tyler Perry. Who would be a tremendous get for them if they can get that done? Um, he already took an official visit this past weekend, so the the vibes are are positive seemingly in Gainesville after a middling year one. Remember, they like they were they were okay until the Castleton injury. They were like they were gonna be like around the bubble.
2: They had like great had metrics, record.
0: bad record. What up? They had great metrics, bad record. Yes, and they would have probably. I think they probably would have come up short, but like they would have been like a one or a two seed in the NIT. And then they fell off a cliff once they didn't have Castleton. Uh, this, this team is going to be built a lot differently this year because hand is very good, but he is not like a post-up guy. Like you're not going to be feeding the ball down low to a big man, like the way that they did with Castleton, they're going to have to rely on their guards. And that's why the Clayton addition who averaged 16 points a game with Mac player of the year is a guy that I know, um, I've talked to a few NBA scouts about they think, you know, he'd be an interesting guy. It's like a second round pick right now before, a you know, full season in college basketball. Um, you know, he's very athletic and he shoots the lights out. Forty three percent from three this year, a really high volume, 95 percent at the free throw line. So uh, a good get for them. And and the St. John fans seem to be getting a little a uh, little squeamish.
2: Well, I, as I alluded to earlier, they, they have an imaginary roster and everyone's like, oh, Rick's going to get his guys. I mean, who are these guys? I mean, there's a million dudes in the portal. But, like, so I, I know that, that that they have visits from from Quinn, Quinn Slazinski, who was with Rick at Iona. They have a visit with Sean Conway, I believe, next weekend, who was at VMI. Okay, that's a fine 7th and 8th man, stretch 4 off the bench, back-up point guard. I know that they're going to get a visit from Garway Duall. Top forty recruit in in twenty twenty three, in the kind of I know you would call the Marcus Garrett, um, you know type of player before, but like we don't even like have a, the faintest idea of who's gonna be on this roster. Everyone was assuming well, Walter Clayton was gonna be a big piece. Yeah. I mean, who who are these?
0: They have ten open spots. Who who are these guys gonna be? Right, and and like the the Danis Jenkins types, like Danis Jenkins. Is not eligible. Like, there's no reason Dana Jenkins will be eligible to play. I guess they think he can graduate by the end of the summer. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. But he better be hitting the books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see there. I mean, I'm, uh, I, I, I do still kind of believe that they'll get dudes, but, like, this roster is Joel Soriano Sur- and nothing right now. One team in the Big East that did make a nice ad, I believe yesterday, was Davion McKnight at Xavier, giving them a point guard to replace Sule Boom. I'm a big fan of Davion McKnight. He didn't you know, have quite the year this year, but he's really
2: good. Yeah, McKnight can really score. They needed some scoring pop in that backcourt. See so if okay, McKnight and Desmond Claude will start. Claude's more of a glue guy, kinda similar to Paul Scruggs, not
0: not as athletic,
2: but he's a He's huge. He can't handle the ball. He can get to the rim. He can shoot a little bit. Good, good, good playmaker.
0: He did lose to the 2022-2023 Louisville Cardinals, though, which knocks him down like a little bit in the transfer rankings. Dave at night, yeah. yeah, that that is undeniable
2: um, for that really talented Western Kentucky roster. Um, but so that that's a nice backcourt. You figure that they're going to add a starting three man, and then maybe a, a sixth or seventh man type big man to come off the bench. Um but th- they have a lot I mean they had a terrific recruiting class. And they've got Trey Green. Right. Trey Green's at like five ten, scoring guard. Yeah, maybe you could channel some Marquise Noel. They have Lee ducharme who, who's a very good shooter. Cam craft who was an even better recruit than these guys. Basically d- did not play much this whole year. He's known as a great shooter. Um then Dalen Swain, um Kind of the Colby Jones, Najee Marshall type of kind of bigger wing who can play make. So I mean, they have a lot of talent in in this backcourt. Um, they, they there's one probably one piece away in the backcourt, and then a frontcourt: Jerome Hunter, Zach Fremantle. They have Logan Duncombe, which sounds like a salary cap move. You know, you know, be the backup center there. Um, and then if they can get like one more guy who can play either three, four, or four, five. Um, pro- probably want a more athletic guy in that spot. Xavier could be top top 25
0: again. Agreed. Um, Illinois added a couple of mid-major up transfers, both guys who are from the Big Ten footprint, both guys who I think will be good role players. Marcus Damask, who is one of the best players in the Missouri Valley at SIU, uh, averaged like 16, 5, and 3. He's like a 6'6. Won't, won't need the ball in his hands. Someone comped him to like white Nigel Hayes, which I don't think he's that good, but I think he was that type of player in the Missouri. Valley. And I think well, yeah, I think should plug in really nicely as like a as a as a guy who plays off of Terrence Shannon, assuming they can get Shannon back. Right every move they're making right now feels like it's being made in the process of or, or in in the idea that Terrence Shannon is coming back for another year. Um, I have heard that that is a very real possibility. It's obviously not done yet. They need to figure out the NIL. And I do think that they will probably make a swing at a point guard, like a real name point guard. But to me, Damask will help them a lot. And the other kid they've added, Justin Harmon from Utah Valley, he will also help them a lot. Uh, you know, athletic, you know, can attack, closeouts, make a shot, defend. Uh, Chicago kid went to Curie High School here in the city. So um, I'm, I'm a fan of what Illinois has done so far. It's not necessarily flashier, but I think it probably will help them long term, especially dealing with the personalities.
1: So the big
2: question for them, I guess, not including whether Shannon and Hawkins come back, but the, the big question would be who's the starting point guard? Right. And I saw people on Twitter saying Tucker Campbell. Uh per per a source. Maybe Ray J. Dennis
1: from Toledo. He's from Chicago.
0: I've also heard the Ray J. Dennis thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Good Brad. So, source stuff.
1: I mean both between Toledo, Southern
2: Illinois, and Utah Valley, I mean those those are three of the best mid major teams.
0: And all were uh, and Toledo was one of the best mid-major offenses in the country. SIU was not, but Toledo was. Yeah, so this will be a good team. I agree.
2: Question will just be: Shannon Hawkins, are they back or not? Um, If 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 both are back and you add one of those point guards, this roster is good to go. It's deep. You're gonna have shooting. You're gonna have athleticism. You know, versatile
1: front court that that you can mix and match. Be good to go. I. I feel better about Shannon returning than Hawkins. So I guess if, if Hawkins were to leave, you want to add another big? Probably. It, it, it would just be Danger, Hansberry, and Rodgers. But... Right. Any word next? Um,
0: Iowa State. They've been busy.
1: Yeah, this this was a little surprising that they would take two guards here. I guess maybe Jeremiah Williams isn't good to go, injury-wise.
0: It sounds like he's not.
1: Because you add Keyshawn Gilbert from UNLV, you add Pavelski
2: from Jackson
0: Washington. Washington. Pavelski, I believe is the
2: pronunciation. Pavelski. And then you also have Tay Lindsay, who started this year, as it did did a good job as a glue guy point guard. We mentioned Jeremiah Williams from Temple, who was out this year,
1: I believe, in Achilles. Um, at, as as we admitted earlier, Otts did a great job
2: with that 23 recruiting class. You know, they have two top 50 guys and another top 100 guy in there. They got Trey King to come back. Robert Jones come back, so they have they have a nice mix here of returners with with newcomers. They added some pop to that backcourt. Um, it's just going to be a question of, I guess, one is how these guys blend, and then two, the age old question, I guess, can Keyshawn Gilbert
0: be your best player? I don't think Keyshawn is. I think it'd be like Lipsy or Pavlatsky over Keyshawn.
1: Well, yeah. You know, the, the The roster is like pretty deep with with great
2: great recruits and good gets, um, but framing it as one of those guards as your best player that's a little troublesome. Probably true. I talked myself out of Iowa State as I was rambling.
1: Nope. We'll see. Um gonna be interesting if so so do you think that
2: the uh, big 12 is gonna maintain their stranglehold as like the analytic darlings now they have 14 teams
0: probably i think will be okay because really the only drags will be ucf and bYU maybe bYU yeah but even bYU is like 70th this year and so is ucf so Good. Um, where to next? How about, uh, we could touch on Providence quick.
2: Sure. You've seen George Mason play a lot. Now that's half of Providence's roster. Devontae Gaines, Ticket Gaines, any, uh,
0: any Ticket Gaines thoughts? Yeah, I like Ticket Gaines a lot. I mean, he's long. He's can guard multiple positions, he can make catch and shoot threes. Um, he's good like a, like the point man of a press like good in his zone like I don't quite understand the Rich Baron take particularly looking back once you took ticket but like ticket's a good player i just i think they need more shooting and point guard play and they keep just being like here's a wing here's a wing oh wait grammy k we can get him might as well like i think it's going to be a little clunky it's going to be very clunky so
2: we we needed someone who was either a four five or a three four who could shoot it. So I guess Gaines three four okay. This past year, Cooley would not take Hopkins out of the would not take Hopkins out of the game. Didn't have another wing to to put in, so he just wore him out, and kept him in there. So Gaines you can you can play him at the four. I I I hope. You mentioned he has great catch and shoot numbers. So his, his numbers coming off screens were not so hot. So we no, still don't no. have
0: a, a guy he, who you can... He doesn't really have any offensive game.
2: Right. We don't have a guy that you can run off screens, which is a little concerning. But maybe we'll just um, be so pick-and-roll pick heavy or, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Um, if but you
0: get, uh, If you get, what's his name? If you get yeah, speaking Taren of
2: that, Taron Armstrong narrowed his list of four. And one of those four, Xavier, would seemingly be out at this point. They got McKnight. And they have Claude and Green. So between Gonzaga, Creighton, and Providence, Providence assistant Nate Tomlinson is Australian. Terran Armstrong is Australian. Providence de- needs another ball handler. That's the connection. But, I mean, I mean Jaden Pierre is really good. I think Jaden Pierre
0: is still going to start. Um, I don't think you're getting Taron Armstrong. if He's not starting.
1: Well, I think they might play him together.
0: Possibly. I, I, I think – I will say it feels like the entire Providence recruiting strategy this cycle – Partially
2: because salary cap. Huh? Because of salary
0: cap? Partially because of the salary cap and partially because this is like him inheriting like a kind of half full roster. Is it seems like he's just being like, well, we have a connection and we can get this kid. We might as well get him and figure it out, right? Like Graham Ike, like I guess he knows Devin Carter. We've it, been, it, we put we have ties it, to Kevin. Colorado. Yeah, figure it out, right?
1: the e k one makes even less sense i'm I'm convinced that he's still hurt or something like why why is he signing up to be a backup i don't i mean he's not he's gonna play he's gonna start he's not gonna start he's not coming off the bench i guess I okay, guess so we're going to dial up the flex offense or, or, the move, or, or the mover blocker
0: or something, or? No, no. The, oh. the fact that Kimmy, Kimmy's first team could, like, fully run the flex is kind of funny. They would dominate with the flex.
2: Like, Bryce Hopkins and Graham E.K. would be, like, two of the greatest flex players ever invented. He, uh, Devin Carter, too. Oduro would be also a pretty good
0: flex player. Yeah. <laughs> the whole team is meant to play the flex.
2: But, yeah, so... Hopefully Gaines is the eighth man. Fernandez is the ninth man. My my poor guy Castro. I feel like he's getting pushed aside. Castro's good. he be. Per- oh, O'Duro is you know physical and you know, more more of a wide body. Castro long and athletic. That's a good compliment. You Ek just Castro off. off
0: to like a mid major if you're choosing. What was that? You could always chip Castro off to a mid major if you're choosing. Yeah. But I want him to to be at Providence.
1: I mean, listen,
2: Pierre, Floyd, and Castro are all really good. They should all play a lot. And I, I'm just worried that that yeah, we're, we're going to run out with Taron Armstrong, the, this great facilitator who has no shooters to pass to. Uh, well, <laughs>
0: and you know, two- Kim beat Jaden Pierre in one-on-one, so he must think he sucks. No, I—,
1: I the guy who runs the message board, I guess, said that the staff is like super impressed with Jaden Pierre. Which Cooley had said all off season,
2: then played him like ten minutes a game, which ironically probably kept him at Providence. Right. right? Yeah. Because he didn't have a market. But I, you, this, this this is gonna be fascinating to see because I, I EK is visiting on Saturday. I guess the rumblings are Taron Armstrong is too. So it'll all
0: come to a head come come to a head. Your boy uh, Tomlinson is going to have to make his money this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean,
1: you figure Armstrong with Greg McDermott. Throwing
2: lobs to Kyle Brenner. Whoever remains on Creighton, they'll probably have more shooting than than Providence. McDermott is, is his great offensive coach. You figure that, that would be a great fit. He's had Australians before with Jacob Epperson. I 100%
0: agree
2: with you. And then... the. I guess we can transition here to Gonzaga, who added Steele Venters, um, a knockdown shooter. And if, if you're telling me that Armstrong could be Armstrong, Hickman, Venters, Greg, and Watson, I mean, that's a perfect lineup with the floor spacing and that Watson is a role man. I mean,
1: that could be a really appealing lineup, too. But it seems like, seems like Providence ha- has a chance here. We'll see.
0: Um, Arkansas got Keon Menafield earlier. Now they have Traymond Mark coming. Um, Muss is seemingly going full bore into, like, I don't care if anyone can make a three point shot anymore, which has been an interesting heel turn. I mean, I guess in Nevada, he wasn't like, like the Martin Twins and Caroline weren't great three point shooters, but it does feel like in particular the last couple of years, things have gotten pretty rough from a basic standpoint. That being said, a locked-in Trayvon mark in this system seems like a guy who has a chance to really explode, right? I mean, think about the guys who have really succeeded under Moss. He really fits that archetype. Absolutely. I mean,
2: kind of like a bigger Devontae Davis with the kind of the herky-jerky, the lefty. Um, But yeah, that's... This is interesting. right I know I know they're still in the mix for Khalif Battle, or maybe he's oh, off the board now. I think they're getting Khalif Battle. So Battle rounds out this roster. So we're saying starting lineup of Davis, Battle, Mark Walsh, and Makai Mitchell, with Brazil and
1: Mennefield and I mean, I'd be,
0: I'd, Brazil's like their best player, I think.
1: So, maybe he starts at the five? Brazil? Yeah. yeah I think I so. mean, Or Wall starts at the three. Is he ACL like or Achilles? Achilles? Uh, ACL. Okay.
2: So, I guess he probably should be back. But, yeah, I mean, they have these big, bulky fives. They have so much athleticism. Yeah, they don't have the well, – There are shooters are, you know, Dunning and Pinion. They're never going to play. You know, they're going to be uh, – on their way to a local mid-major in a couple of years, but or maybe as soon as next year. But I mean, I mean, Jordan Walsh is one of my favorite players to watch. He's such a good defender. Um, he's so athletic. He's like he, he like gets down in the stance and he's 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 fearsome on the ball. So this defense, I mean, they're, they're gonna have so much athleticism across the board.
1: They're gonna have great size. Arkansas should be really good again. Yeah.
0: I mean I have no issue. I have no huge concerns, but you think spacing facing is gonna be a little bit problematic once again. Um is it a little confusing that Menefield
2: chose Arkansas to come off the bench? I don't know. Money
0: might be the whole whole deal. I thought Washington was swimming with money. They supposedly are. <laughs> they just got Keon Brooks back. This whole team makes no sense.
2: So on, on three had their, not prediction, but their algorithm for tearing arms to Washington. I was like, oh, this, this 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 makes sense. He's huge. He'll sit in the zone. He, he has some shooting around him, but they, they didn't even make his top four. Yeah, who, who's Washington's point guard going to be? That's going to be interesting, too. Great question. I mean,
1: interesting for a team that we're never going to watch because they're going to be, like, NIT at best, but... You would think. Um, Speaking about West, Gonzaga is getting steel venters to start his transfer class. Which, I mean, he's a very good shooter. Not sure how much he does in any other capacity. Um I wonder with this get, like,
0: I had this debate actually with a few other writers. Like, because someone's like, well, how can you say it's not a really good get? You know, he's like the big sky player of the year. He's like a a lead shooter. You know, he's 6'7". Why isn't this like a great – or again, like, well, like, look at what Gonzaga needs, right? Like, great. He's like a 6'7 stiff who can make shots and doesn't completely suck, right? Like, Great. What does that change for Gonzaga? Like, does that make help Gonzaga get closer to being like a national contender, which is now the standard? I don't think so. But maybe they can get one of these big swings or two. Like, it seems like they might have a little momentum with Max A. Smith. They just called Jesse Edwards, right? Like, there's plenty out there, and I think it's hard, and, and it's kind of kind of similar to Carolina, right? Like, in a vacuum, Paxson Wojcik is like a ter- is like a dumb take for North Carolina. But if Paxson is the ninth man, like, all right, cool. Hey. Steel Ventures, if he's like the sixth man, it's great. Six, seven, average 15 a game in Eastern Washington.
1: So is uh, Malachi Smith back? Unknown yet. Ver- Verbals has him
2: with an extra year. He does have a year. That, that would be a big piece. I mean, he was a great bench piece for them. He played a lot down the stretch. He can make shots. He can create. And then it seems given their pursuit of Terren Armstrong and their pursuit of Ryan Emhard, that they want a new point guard to move Hickman off the ball. I or mean I'm I think about Ryan Emhard, that that would be a home run. Um I don't think they're getting Ryan Emhard, but we'll see. Yeah. It seems, it seems like Arizona. But it seems like they, they want another ball handler, another shot creator. And I think if they have that, I mean, this this is still a top, you know. 15 top 20 team. We'll we'll finally get to see Anton Watson without Drew Timmy. We'll get more Ben Gregg who played well last year. If Anton Watson comes back,
1: yeah. If not, maybe they'll get Jesse Edwards for that spot. Who knows? Jesse Edwards would be great. I saw Edwards is visiting West Virginia. Where's West Virginia getting all this money from? Oil, baby. Cole. Yeah.
0: I mean, West Virginia is just trying to make a powder. Like I, I, I would, whoever does the recruiting for Bob Huggins, like needs his head examined. Kirkcisa, per Jose Perez, Trey Mitchell, Trey Mitchell. Uh, now, now who's the kid that they they were talking to today, other than?
1: I just saw Jesse Edwards. I didn't
2: see
0: anybody else. Oh, Caleb Grill. Caleb Grill. Oh. <laughs> Caleb Grill, who supposedly got booted at Iowa State because he was yelling into the stands after a game that Otts had blown another game. I'm sure that'll go well with Huggs. Like I, I think Hugs would, like, take a shotgun to the guy if you did that. Why would you add Caleb Grill and Kirk Krisa I mean, they play different positions, but...
2: If if you need a backcourt mate for Kirk Kreesa, you're gonna take Gorilla or, or, or do you want someone more athletic,
0: you know? I agree with that. I also think Someone could drive It also makes no sense why you would have taken Omar Silverio.
1: Agreed. And they have like five centers. Yeah. And, and, this and, is and they play two pools.
2: roster. I saw people saying too, I I don't remember who said this, maybe it was Sam Bassini. But West Virginia has had like these crazy offensive efficiencies and like their defense has, like seriously fallen off. Which well, is weird. West Virginia. It's, it i it, it's it's weird because teams that played two bigs, that was always for defense. Between Xavier this year,
1: Arizona. Now now two bigs is the is the path to offense. The analytics. Yeah.
0: Matthew Cleveland is in the portal. That's happened as we've gone here.
1: Yeah, where Let's do you think in for a landing
0: spot? Um
1: Michigan recruited him very hard out of high school. Hmm. Yeah, but that that's a good fit. Love at the two, Cleveland at the three, why not? I mean he's a bad player, but yeah. He's very athletic. Yeah, but he's not very good. Is that? Uh, I mean, just as like a median name that, that
2: that we threw threw out earlier, he's better than like uh, uh, Sean Beresow.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. But is he better than Olivier Camua? Well, and Kamwa's a four-five. I mean, he's a four. Cleveland's a four. He's not a
0: three.
1: My opinion. What's happening?
2: What's happening to my poor Trey Jackson? He's already getting uh, recruited over. he yeah, seems like it. Juwan watched the film and was like, oh, shit, why did we take this guy?
0: Will, Will Cheddar's going to be shaking in his boots. Yeah. Also, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Juwan tends to play a little too big. So maybe this is like the Terrence Williams replacement. He did play a lot. wouldn't say a lot, but mo- multiple games,
2: like a fair amount, he played Reed and Dickinson together. Yes. Now, I don't know if they if they played zone or they played man during that. I wasn't paying attention, obviously, but um,
1: they did share the floor.
0: Um who else has committed lately that we need to mention?
2: I'm scrolling down. Um a- any thoughts on Lance Jones to Purdue? Nice bench piece there? David Jenkins esque, yeah. Except he's he's defense instead of scoring?
0: No, he can score. Okay. He won't they do need like a better guard than that though. Like they that can't be all they do. Yeah. Um
2: how about yeah. this this isn't official yet, but I did see a crystal ball pick for TJ Bomba to Villanova. I mean, I don't think it saves the Villanova program, but nice starter at the
0: three. Yeah, it's important. I mean, they have Justin Moore back for a lot of money, per what I've heard. Um,
2: money well spent, I'd say.
0: Oh, 100%. All, both from an optics standpoint and from a basketball standpoint. Um, but he is on the rich end of the portal spectrum or non-portal spectrum. Um, Eric Dixon back for another year. Maybe you get some growth from like the Brennan Housens of the world. Bamba would be a good get. I mean, I don't know if he's like a Villanova guy, right? Like, but I I think it's a good indicator that like Neptune is being like, we need to have good players. We can't rely on just like recruiting three-star guys that will get better and get better. And all of a sudden we have this thing really rolling. So.
1: They're gonna
2: need an, like a starting four man. Probably figure Longino as the sixth man. They're gonna need a four man, and it'll be interesting to see if, if if we're still gonna do jump stops and isolation back downs. If if we are, I mean, why don't they go get Keyshawn Hall? How about him doing fifteen dribble back downs? He is a big guard. <laughs> He visited George Mason.
0: It's very strange. He He's one of those lists that makes no sense where he played like eight minutes a game at UNLV and then everyone was like, oh my gosh. uh, You know, look at this incredible like list. He's getting all these like high majors recruiting him after playing eight minutes a game at UNLV. And then it's like, oh, I'm taking an official visit to George Mason who's got a VCU offer. Like what's real, what's not, I don't know. But George Mason's visit list this weekend of Darius Maddox, Jared Billips, and Keyshawn Hall is definitely unique. That that's a great group.
1: Jared Billups, especially would be all,
0: a home run. Jared Billips all defense, Darius Maddox all shooting, Keyshawn Hall all score. So
2: all all these uh contact lists you gotta raise raise your eyebrow at. They're always a little inflated, but that one's like very inflated. How about, and, and shame on me for not mentioning this last week either, the most incredible contact list of all time, oh dear. Jonathan Pierre, who's now on Memphis. He supposedly was contacted by one-third of college basketball, 120 schools, Division II star, um, on, uh, on the undefeated championship uh, Nova Southeastern team. No one, I guess had their finger on the pulse of what's a D2 transfer worth. They got calls from the whole spectrum and he's going to play on a very confusing Memphis team where I think a few people are going to get pink slips pretty soon. Some of these 2023 recruits, I don't think are going to make it up up to Memphis.
0: You would think. Um, I will say if there was ever a guy whose list was going to be like preposterous like that, it would make sense to be him. Yeah. Because think about it this way, he averages like fifteen points a game in division two. So there's all these like mid and mid pluses who are like, ooh, like we're trying to recruit D two, like moving up, whatever. Like this this could make some sense. But then all of a sudden, like people are like, Oh, actually he's six nine and like absurdly skilled and like is probably like like a it might be like a a fringe NBA player. So well,
2: there was a guy last year, I think, from University of Tampa. I'd, I don't, I don't
0: remember his name. Or well, Max
2: Jones. Okay, he ended up at one of the Cal schools. Cal State Cal, school. Yes, but his list had Villanova and a couple of other high majors. And you, you had told me that a, a mid major coach backed off because the contact list had mid majors on, uh, had had high majors on it. It turned out that it, it was completely fake. So kudos to all. 120
0: it was two. it was that people watched track. the film and were like, yeah, this kid has no burst. He belongs at a mid-major, and he went to Cal Fullerton, and he averaged 12.5 points, four rebounds, two assists, and shot 44% mm-hmm. from the field. That's good. That works. That's yeah. the right level.
2: Um, yeah, So Memphis adds Pierre, they add Caleb Mills, um, who when it's all said and done, I guess might be the starting point guard on this team, which why not? Let's, let's Let's do the Caleb Mills thing again. I, I never understood the Caleb Mills infatuation. Just sh- score. Well, they they anointed him like the best player on Houston out of like seven comparable players. It turned out that they were wrong, and he bounced around here, there, everywhere. Um, and then they also add Tefali Leonard, who was like the athlete of all athletes. I guess come off the bench at the three or the four. I guess.
1: Um, but they're pr- presumably not done. I mean, I guess their best player right now, you
2: say, by Mills or Pierre.
0: So he's a tremendous defensive player. Leonard, yeah, like an NBA player. Like I've had multiple NBA people say, like they think he could play in the NBA just because of his defense. Reminiscent of DJ Steffens. He's he's. Maybe. He's bigger and longer than Stephens, but right. I think he's more like fluid. Stephens is yeah. like a holy shit guy. Um,
1: next team I had on my list was Ohio State got Jameson Battle. Yeah. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah.
0: I'm not excited about it. Are you?
1: They needed a little shooting. They needed a combo forward, but I mean,
0: I guess, I guess my thing is like Jameson Battle. His first year at Minnesota was amazing, right? Like because we were both skeptics of Battle.
1: I
2: watched him George Washington, and he played negative defense. He was like the worst defender I'd I'd ever seen.
0: Right, but the first year at Minnesota, like he, if you get that version of JMO, like they're gonna be pretty good.
1: That that team is gonna go as far as the sophomores take them, as far as Gale no and Thornton, no doubt. Got, I think
0: he has upside.
1: Yeah, and and they needed that that type of player. Yeah, um, and hopefully Zed Key's healthy,
2: and the fifth starter will either be one of the freshmen or Tanner Holden, and or or, or maybe they'll go big with Akpara and Key together at four and five. And I'm I'm I I think I'm definitely buying. A, oh, I Ohio State stock. I think that they're probably a fringe top 25 team.
1: Maybe I'll even put them in my top 25. I guess, a, I guess it's worth
2: mentioning. Um, sounds like Kentucky might get you going to Kingsley back. Correct. Which would be huge. Uh, An- Andrew Slater said that he was upset when his handler told him it was time to leave Kentucky. They didn't get the bag that they wanted.
0: It's, it's very odd. The whole thing. Very strange. Uh, it's also interesting with related to the, um, like the Shibwe decision, right? Because we haven't seen a whole lot of guys decide to come back a second time. Um, it makes a lot of sense for Oscar to come back a second time, but I don't know that Kentucky should want to pay him the amount of money it will cost to get him back. Right? Like like if, if let's just say that Oscar requests the same amount of money he got this year, which is two mil, right? Like that was the reported number, he's gonna be around two mil. Should you pay that if you're Kentucky? No.
2: No. I mean, I, I think going into your center spot with Kingsley and Bradshaw, you 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 definitely have, have the rim protection. You wouldn't have yeah, obviously the uh
0: tremendous rebounding that Oscar gave, but Right. Well, if, if, if you had to pay 500 for you gonna Kingsley or one five for Oscar, what would you do?
2: Kingsley, I'm a huge Kingsley guy. I know you are. I, I mean, 24/7, right? It was the 59th best transfer. Did, did I imagine all these recruiting people saying he was the best defensive center since Netherlands? And now they're like, ah, oh, couldn't play at Kentucky. I mean, he, he reclassed up, up. He's enormous. He's gonna block every every shot. They just gotta let him loose. I guess the, the Oscar debate is kinda of similar to the Adama when one at UConn.
0: Where it's like, yeah, we'd obviously love to have you back, but We can't think, commit everything to have you because we have a certain other guy who's also really good.
2: Yeah, and like we were planning on not having you anyway, so we kinda of moved on and, and we think we'll be fine without you, but yeah. I'm 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 pushing for Oscar to Houston. I think that's that's the the best move for college basketball. It would be a tremendous fit. Or like tell him he can play the
1: three at Mississippi State and just crash the glass like no one's ever seen.
0: He, I mean, he would he he. How many rebounds would he get a game in that system?
1: Well, he would get less because he's fighting with Tolu Smith and Cam Matthews and all those guys. But. That's true. Uh, is Toby Smith back? He can't he, he has an
0: extra year. God, it feels like Toby Smith's been around forever. He was a he used was Charles Bassie's backup at Western Kentucky. As a walk on. Yeah. Might be the only player in the history of college basketball who's a walk on at Western Kentucky turned scholarship player in the SEC. And this is a scholarship, like one of the best players in the league. I never knew that thinking that that was such a weird take, and then it turned out now he's an absolute monster. Yeah, he's a stud. Um, anything else we want to hit on on this episode? I think we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I'm
2: scrolling through. Oh, re-sticks and waters to San Diego State was kind of weird. I thought I thought he was headed to Texas.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think this is a better level for him. Like I, I, I was never, like, that huge a fan at USC. Um, Didn't shoot it well at all this year. So. Yeah, and he's very like straight line. Like there's not a lot of shit to him. Um, but I think he's he's good enough to play at San Diego State, and he'll defend. I like that. I like that. Um, the D2 kid Bryce Butler going to Charleston is a stud. That'll be great for them. Um, Virginia or Virginia transfer Francisco Cafaro is going to Santa Clara. It's interesting. Georgetown. We should Clara talk about Georgetown. Happen. We haven't talked about Georgetown. Yeah,
2: but uh, Santa Clara's gonna have back-to-back years with NBA draft picks,
0: assuming that Pod stays in the draft. Yeah. How unlucky is that? <laughs> I know. No NCAA tournaments to show for it. And, and um, I
2: mean, just to, before I forgot, um, interesting Maryland salary cap move: taking Chance Stevens, it was a former URI commit to David Cox, shooter off the bench. But yes, Georgetown.
0: Georgetown gets Dontre Stiles, Rowan Brumbaugh, and Jay Knapps. That's like the first real nucleus for Cooley, obviously still swinging big at Hunter Dickinson. I I will say one thing I do really like about this is all three guys are multiple year
1: players. Yeah.
0: So you're not only getting right. and, And again, I, I don't know if Ron Brumbo is good, sucks, whatever. I've never seen him play in person, whatever. But Ron Brumbo was like a recruit at the level of like Georgetown this time last year. He did nothing to change the fact that he could be that. He literally redshirted. He played 0 minutes. So him going to Georgetown seems like it makes a lot of sense. Um Jay Nepps can score at this level. We know that. We did a, it did it in Illinois. And Tantra Styles can probably play. Like I I don't we 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 discussed. Like, I, don't, I don't think the talent level is that different at Georgetown versus where it was a year ago. But I think obviously Cooley's a much better coach. If these guys are brought in, that's great. And then you have the chance at Dickinson to really add the the star power.
2: Yeah, you need Dickinson, and even with Dickinson, it
0: seems not that good.
2: Like they're they're a bubble team. Goodman said on on their pod that Georgetown wants to add just one more guard. Which that surprised me. I figured that they'd want to add two. Um I don't even know who that would be. I guess Garway, but like that's not good enough, I don't think. Well we'll see. But Hunter, Hunter Dickinson's key. Obviously he could be your leading scorer. He, he he can shoot a little bit. He's he's Cooley's dream big man. He he loves the back to the basket big. Um but yeah. Kind of a lot is riding here on Dontre Styles, and Rowan Brumbaugh. We'll see how they look this year.
0: Um, Georgetown lost Brandon Murray to Ole Miss. Some eligibility questions there, but that's a nice get for Chris Beard.
1: Yeah, I, I have not done my Ole
2: Miss depth chart yet, but Brandon Murray is a super talented player. Chris Beard is a incredible coach. Um he could have them homing as early as early as year one. Yeah. Which you know, I I was buying the current Ole Miss roster and Kermit's last stand and they were they were not good whatsoever. Jamin Brakefield's coming back as well, so they have they have a few talented
0: pieces there. Um Yeah, my hate for Ole Miss this year was one of my nailed preseason predictions. One I mean this
1: is Staying in the same conference, but kind of switching gears. One really kind of, I'll say funky team is Auburn. They had Denver Jones, who's a
2: great shooter. It seems like Wendell Green is going to leave, though. He is gone, yeah. So starting point guard, is it the freshman Aiden Holloway? Was this at Hoop Summit? I and believe it, it is. Donaldson? Is sub Katie Johnson, in theory? Yeah, the shooter Denver Jones. I believe Alan Flanagan's dad just went to join Chris Beard's staff. Correct. So th- this could be a weird team.
0: Yes, 100%. Um, Denver Jones is a very good player, very good scorer. Um, somewhat limited in terms of like he's not like he's very much like a true off guard, but he comes back home. He's playing state. Good for him. Um I do share your potential concerns though about the shooting um about the general like the general flow of this roster. I will say and this is just like a random portal musing, but they do have i mean they' still have broom back, which will help um uh, my one my one portal musing of the day we've talked about this guy in the past uh stretch abola that guy's gonna be like a great sun Belt center,
2: yeah he. I, I think gets a redshirt year for this year. He only, only played a couple of games. When when he was in there
0: in the previous years, I mean, he 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 popped athletically. He can block shots. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's ginormous. Yeah, he's played like he's played like twenty five minutes of college basketball in the last two years. But
2: <laughs> he picked the wrong school. But yeah, my my whole weirdness with Auburn is going to be. This team was like these super athletic guys and then these like scoring guards, and yeah. now it's going to be like a more traditional lineup with a freshman point guard. Though it's it's kind of a weird uh, weird shift.
0: I do like Aiden Holloway a lot, though. He's really competitive, really really skilled. He's going to be a very good player for them. I guess you,
1: I guess we should also touch on Butler in the Big East, which. I'm sorry, Butler
2: fans. I think uh, I think for 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 the rest of the time we're gonna pencil Butler into tenth in the Big East or something. But they just need to get some LIL. I guess easier said than done. Yes. The move. I mean, I guess each each move on its its own is fine, but
1: this team's lot best players.
0: A lot of sixth and
1: seventh <laughs> best players. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're. Their
2: best player is going to be like Cameron Hunter, Central I Arkansas. I think Pierre
0: Brooks and Finley Bizjack will be their best players.
2: You think Pierre Brooks who couldn't play at Michigan, you know, was the last man in rotation at Michigan State and the three-star freshman Finley Bizjack are going to be the two best players on a big East basketball team.
1: I do. I I mean that that should just go home. Muller oh, got screwed up because their coaching
2: was too good. Like, it was like a false sense of security.
0: That said, Finley Bizjak is a great bet for yeah. highest-scoring kid outside the top 100 next year. That's a good call. We might we might have to, like, take him off the board. He might be he might be too popular to pick. Yeah, I mean, Although, you know, I, I encourage all impressive. fans... I encourage all fans to go Google Finley Bizjack, because what the fuck? This guy is extremely weird looking.
1: What's so uh, weird about him? Let me, let me Google him. I thought you were just going to mention his three-point prowess.
0: Oh, no, he's supposedly quite the shooter. You, you you can get Lucas Harkins very excited about Finley Bizjack. He's an interesting looking guy. He looks like a
1: nice young man.
0: Look at the twenty four seven picture. Click on the twenty four seven profile.
1: Butler, yeah,
0: Butler. Butler basketball is cooked if this kid is their best player. He kind of has like
1: similar hair to Coleman Hawkins.
0: He's very. uh,
1: I can't tell like what his vibe is attempting to be. Yeah, Butler, one of the all time weird seasons where they were like holding it together. Then their their guys come back from injury
2: and they fall apart. They, I mean, they were they were a buy team, a buy game this year in the Big East. They were uh, they were completely outmatched, and their talent level is much worse. But speaking of a former as Butler's sixth man from last year, Jaden Taylor is now at NC State.
0: I'm I'm confused. Like it seems like people are ranking Chuck Harris as like the worst of the three Butler transfers. He's not on any lists. And he's like very good. Nah, I wouldn't go that far.
1: He 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 he's he's fine.
2: I think gun gun to my head, I think I'd rather have Taylor and, and Lucotius to Harris, but I mean Harris has started a ton of games for Butler. He's hit a ton of three pointers. Um this nc state backcourt they have dj horn visiting this weekend so uh, that horn taylor backcourt is a pretty big step down from turquavion and jarkel joiner but no one thought that highly of jarkel this time last year so and and if they casey morsel found casey morsel finally broke through so i'm not sure he ever missed a shot this year if uh, he's back then that's
1: at least three guys who can shoot you if you put the ball on the floor. It's an interesting group. So. Absolutely. Anywhere
0: else we need to get to?
1: Oh, in here. Oh, Iowa got Ben Cricky, maybe their starting center. I like, I mean, he's a very skilled offensive player. Not a big-time shooter, but very skilled. in for Robrocco. They still need a point guard. They lost Uless. They
2: they need a point guard to come in there, hopefully as an upgrade.
0: How do much him. do you like Uless?
2: Yeah. He's sixth or seventh
0: best player. How do you Have, feel about him at, like, a Atlantic 10 school?
1: Yeah, at, at like, URI, that would be perfect, yeah. I mean, he's played a lot of Big Ten minutes. He's not bad. I mean, I think he's probably worse than Joe Toussaint. That's a former Iowa he's bench player. I got a little more offensive pop. Crushing blow for Oklahoma State to lose Musa
0: Sise. Have we I, – I, I like Mike Boyden a lot. I really do. And we've talked a lot about the – Big 12, kind of chewing up and spitting out good coaches. But, like, Mike Boyden's made one NCAA tournament at Oklahoma State. It's going to be year seven. That one tournament was when he had Cade Cunningham. They didn't make it out of the first weekend. And now he's losing Avery Anderson, Moussa Cisse. Who's the other guy that lost? Oh, Boone. They lost Boone.
2: But, obviously, they were the first team out this year. They got banned one year. Only team to good band, which was super funky. Um, but, I mean, if Cissé came back, I, I, I was going to throw all my chips into Oklahoma State. They were going to bring back their point guard, John Michael Wright. Bryce Thompson, leading scorer type of player coming back. Asbury is as a shooter coming back. And the front court. I mean, the front court's still going to be pretty good, I think. I mean, people love Brandon Garrison and, and and I've seen Eric Daly play. I'm a huge Eric Daly fan. Um, athletic and handle the ball, great mismatch power forward. Um, so I was I was buying that kind of mix of young and old in the front court. Um I'm kinda of hedging off now that CSA's gone. But I I would not be surprised if both Daly and Garrison start this year at the four and five for Oklahoma State.
0: No, I can see that. I I I think they have a chance to be okay, but like if they miss the tournament, are we bringing back Mike Boynton?
1: No, you can't do that. I mean, he—he's yeah. he, definitely one of the worst coaches in the conference. Down there with probably Johnny Dawkins and Ronnie Terry, and I guess Mark Pope. But it's a tricky spot. It really is. Well, maybe
2: he'll have a year like Jeff Capel and save his job. Jeff Capel adds Zach Austin, the super athletic wing from High Point today. Still, probably one or two pieces away here. I'm a big Zach Austin fan. That kid is an unbelievable athlete. There's 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 no reason why they can't be as good as they were this year. I mean, I. I mean, Burton is a huge loss. Yeah, but they can get a
1: another card like that. I mean, they're they have. Oh. A- but Burton, was, look, like, Burton it, was like DeMar DeRozan out there. Is um Sabandi back? I don't think so. Because
2: Verbal's had him for a year, but I thought I saw him in one of the college All-Star games. So I
0: mean, I Nike, like, Nike Sabandi has been around forever.
1: Yes.
2: I mean, they can get t- – so, so if they don't have Sabandi, they get two good guards in there. I think I think that's, they'll be as good as they were this year. I mean – the uh, big X factors are going to be the Diaz twins, because I mean they're they're super skilled. They're just young and real thin. If I, I mean if they can get two like seven footers that could shoot and score and block shots, I mean that would be a pretty big coup
1: for any front line, no doubt. Um Do you like um Kosey Reeves to G- Georgia Tech and Ebenezer DeWona to Georgia Tech? Um I I like Reeves requisite to Georgia Tech. Like
0: I'm not convinced Coasy Reeves is actually very good. That being said, Georgia Tech has not like has very little access to top 50 type talent. He's a relatively local kid. He fits academically, which is critical. Coeyser is very high academic. His list was like BC and Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech like he was in the mix. Like he 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 was open to like he he's a good student. Uh supposedly a, a very very nice kid, right? Like I, I'm not convinced it will work, but if you're Georgia Tech, it's the type of swing you have to take. Right. DeWona, I have no idea. It feels very Rodney
1: Howard-esque. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, the third big for NC State before Morchish got hurt. Did so. f-
0: people ever see Isaiah Miranda?
1: I don't know about that. I mean, he uh, redshirted, obviously.
0: Yeah.
2: All these guys who come mid-season, you know, the media kind of makes it out to be like, oh, let's see if he fits. But they always redshirt. And, again, they have Burns and Mortage back, I think, and they have Ernest Ross. So we'll see if Miranda gets any run. I don't think he'll get any any serious run. But, I mean, 7-1 skinny jump shooter
1: is not a immediate impact player. Agreed. Anything else? Uh, I don't have anything. Uh,
0: I've been watching The Night Agent, and that's your. I know that's, your, uh, I know that's the, the show of everyone's choice, so I figured I'd mention that. You know, you love to get your give your TV update, but that's a very good show. I have one and a half episodes left. Okay, I'm only through four, so no spoilers. Definitely not. But it, it
2: it's it's good. It's it's like a B plus homeland or a B plus twenty four. Yes. It's along
0: those lines. Have yeah. you watched The Recruit? I have not. Okay, The Recruit is good too. You have okay. finished that one? I,
2: I know you mentioned that one last week. I I plowed through that. Very good. I started um season two of Perry Mason
0: as well. Got gotta work on that tomorrow. But um Perry Mason's okay. That's what the boys we're are doing. Sure. We're, we're we're watching ball. We're refreshing the portal, and we're uh watching TV. It's great.
2: We we are definitely refreshing Twitter.
0: That that is for sure. Guys, keep checking the portal. All righty, folks. We will see you all next week. Hopefully, with many more commits and lots more to update you on as we uh, get closer to setting some rosters.